I'm Chris Costello, and welcome to On Cue. I look forward to sharing with you topics and guests which may be out of the ordinary and some very extraordinary people who are making a noticeable imprint in today's world. My dad, Luke Costello, who many of you may remember from the comedy team Abbott and Costello, performed many routines throughout the years, both on stage, in film, and on television. In the world of Abbott and Costello, their routines are hysterically funny, especially when Dad's character is trying to make sense out of that nonsense. Well, the chemistry between Bud Abbott's con-man-type approach to Dad's naive little boy character comes across as brilliant, funny, and skits targeted every situation possible from why you should like mustard, as you could be putting people out of work, to some pretty funny names on a baseball team, well, we all know who's on first, to even finances, such as, can you loan me 50 cents? I've got to use the telephone. I, uh, loan me 50 cents. Have it, I would like to loan you 50 cents, but I can't do it. All I got is 40 cents. 40 cents? Yeah. Well, all right, give me the 40 cents and you owe me 10 cents. Right. All right? Wait a minute. What's the matter? How come I owe you 10 cents? What I ask you for? 50 cents. Then what'd you give me? 40 cents. So you owe me 10 cents. How can I owe you 10 cents? Now, I, wait you a minute. Now, listen. I need all that money I had in my pocket. I give you 40 cents. Are you with me again? No, I got to owe you 10 cents. In the world of Abbott and Costello, we can laugh at these interpretations of a money exchange. But in the real world, finances and how we invest for our tomorrow is something we all need to pay attention to, especially when preparing for retirement. You know, people are living longer. Some will outlive their nest egg, which is what we have to take into consideration. So to help shed a little bit more light on how we can protect and grow our retirement nest egg is a dear friend and educator, Rich Garland, who currently teaches global business, personal finance, and economics at North Kingstown High School in Kingstown, Rhode Island. He's been the recipient of numerous awards, including Personal Finance Educator of the Year in 2017 by the Rhode Island General Treasurer and was instrumental in establishing his school's Academy of Business and Finance. Rich, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to On Cue. I have so many questions. Everyone should have a retirement plan, but I'm curious, what's, what's the first step? First step was be, would be to really get rid of your debt. You shouldn't be entering retirement with a lot of debt, if any debt at all. Uh, for instance, I'm already retired, so I went into my second career as teacher, and um, I have no debt going into retirement. So you really should get rid of your debt. Now, a lot of people... Uh, will use, unfortunately, a credit card to pay off your debt, and I wouldn't suggest doing that. A credit card is a short-term loan, and all you're really doing is replacing one liability with another. So, again, the best thing to do is reduce or get rid of all your debt. And you think about it, when you're entering retirement, you're on a fixed income. Well, you know, another question, too, you know, and this could serve the baby boomers uh, as well as millennials, the Gen Xers, is how does one know? how much money they're going to need for retirement? Well, the experts say you should have at least 75 to 80% of your current income, in other words, pre-retirement income, going into retirement. So that would say that, let's say uh, you're, you're making 80000 a year, so you want to take 75 or 80% of that, and that should be what your uh, yearly income, or your, actually your really sp- what you should have available to you each year in retirement. Okay, okay. And and what about, you know, I've heard you, you mentioned this before about the 4% rule, and maybe you could explain just a little bit more on what exactly does that mean, that 4%. Okay, so um, the rule isn't really for everyone. It states that you live on 4% of your retirement nest egg the first year, 
and you continually re, uh, withdraw 4% year after year adjusted after inflation. But again, it's not for everybody. It's it, The rule was developed like 20 years ago. And a lot of people are out living, um, you know, into their 70s, 80s. A lot of people are out living. Uh, they're going, you know, a lot of people are actually living into their 90s. So the rule is really just a benchmark. So it just says that um, out of your nest egg, what you want to do is uh, you use 4% of that nest egg each year adjusted for inflation. Okay. And that's what you really be live, living off of year to year. But if you're a millennial, if you're a Gen Xer, okay, and, and, you know, you still have some years ahead before you retire, this is something that they should be jumping on now and not waiting until, you know, later on, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's never too late. I'm sorry, it's never too early. It's always too late. I would suggest that if you're a millennial, um, by the time, let's say you graduate from college or by the time you're um, in your profession, if your company has a 401k, which mm -hmm. is a defined contribution plan. In other words, you contribute uh, money to it. And typically the company will do, um, will match that. Um, that's what they should start with pretty much immediately. That's what I tell my students. The minute you start working, if the company has a 401k, take it. Um, mm -hmm. like where the large company I retired from, um, we could put 12% of our salary, uh, our biweekly salary into a 401k. That's again, it's a defined contribution plan and mm -hmm. the company would match up to 6%. Um, for 50 cents on every dollar up to 6%. So mm -hmm. you don't want to leave that money on the table. That's your retirement plan. Now, Social Security is also a re retirement. Hopefully it's going to be around for a long time, but that's the, uh, that's pretty much the government's, uh, retirement plan. And you, you pay into that. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend going right into a 401k. Now, some companies have a, uh, Roth IRA 401k. Some companies have traditional Roth IRA 401ks. Um, the Roth, to my, in my opinion, is the best because it's, um, a Roth IRA is, um, uh, not taxed going into that account. I'm sorry. It's taxed going into the account. So whatever you invest in, all that capital gain, all that money that you are accumulating is yours to keep with no taxes on the way out. Where okay. So for as an example, but, but as an example, like, uh, I'm a millennial. Okay. Not, not really, but let's say uh, a millennial starts a job and they're offering the 401k. Can they choose whether they want to have the Roth or another plan? Is that something that they can do or how, how is that handled? It's whatever the company offers. Okay. Okay. Companies aren't giving pensions much anymore because people are living longer. I was lucky because I got a pension coming out as well, a 401k. But mm -hmm. traditionally now companies are offering a 401k and it's whatever they offer. Usually it's a you know company plan. So what if, if a person is leaving one job for another? Now, do they have to cash out of that 401 or can they take it with them? I would recommend not cashing out. Uh, the reason why I would recommend either putting it into a, a opening up a, a, a tr another 401k. You can go to a bank to do that. Mm -hmm. Or if their mm -hmm. company they're going to, they might want mm -hmm. to check with that company. Uh, that company might allow them to roll it into the 401k they have with the new company that they're uh, getting a job with. Uh, but I recommend not cashing it out. The reason why is that's money that can continue to grow. So okay. I would recommend not, not cashing it out. Okay. You know, another question I have, and, and you're so knowledgeable on this, Rich, I could do so many shows with you, is, and we're going to, is we're all concerned about inflation. 
And I believe it was Warren Buffett who's quoted as saying, inflation is a far more devastating tax than anything that has been enacted by our legislatures. And what is the best way to beat inflation? Best way to beat inflation is to invest. Uh, okay. You're not going to make it on a regular traditional uh, savings account. So Warren Buffett's right. He basically said, well, income taxes, income tax taxes earnings, inflation taxes everything. So the best way to, uh, to beat inflation is really to invest. Even at an average 3% per year, inflation can eat away at your purchase power. Since something that costs mm-hmm. $2,000 now might cost $2,600 in a couple of years down the road. And that will eat into your, um, that will eat into your nest egg. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I should go back. You had mentioned the, um, let's see, I think you had mentioned how much do you need to retire on. Um, I, I made a bit of a mistake there. What experts are saying you should have at least 75 to 80 percent. Well, I think I did okay on that. 75 <laughs> to 80 percent per year. Um, 75 to 80 percent of your prior, of your income prior to retiring is what you should be, what you should have going into retirement, um, year to year. Now, the okay. 4% rule, if you, um, I'd like to just mention something. The 4% rule, again, is just a benchmark. And again, it says that, uh, you, you should, you should have out of your nest egg, uh, it might be a good guideline to expect to take 4% of that nest egg out, adjust it for inflation and live off that year to year. Now, you can do what's called invert the 4% rule. So I'm going to try to make it not so complex, but let's say your yearly goal is $60,000. That's what you want to live off of each year in retirement. And let's say $25,000 of that is coming from Social Security. That means $35,000 you have to make up somehow. And the best way to do that is have it invested in something that continually grows. So you reinvest, continually grows. You can live off your dividends. Uh, that might make up to thirty-five thousand. Some people might go for a, uh, another another job into retirement, but you need to make up that thirty-five thousand. Now, step one: assume that thirty-five thousand is four percent of your retirement nest egg. Step two is you might want to multiply that thirty-five thousand by twenty-five, and that would give you eight hundred seventy-five thousand. So where did I get to twenty-five? I divided one, which is the nearest whole number, to four percent. Remember the four percent rule. It gave me 25. I hope I made that simple, but um, okay. I hope I made that simple. No, no, you did. That, you know, I've always been curious about this, Rich, because you do work or not work. I'm sorry. You teach young people. And right. I, I'm amazed at today's young people compared to my generation when we were young people is they seem much more in tune uh, they get it. They want to do it. Um, and I, I, what is the feedback like in your classroom when you give them all of this information? Is it something that you feel is really sinking in and they're going to go out and apply it? Because I only wish I had had a teacher like you when I was in high school. I, and I've told you this so many times, but it's true. Uh, yeah. When they first enter the class, they don't have a lot of savvy in personal finances. Again, their parents re- are pretty much supporting them. They don't have a lot of savvy. A number of students, I get freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. The bulk of them are juniors mm-hmm. and seniors. So some of them working, some of them are not, but they're still supported by their parents. But I teach them everything from budgeting, cash flow, um, banking. Then we get into stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and then insurance, taxes, and also, of, of course, uh, credit and, and uh, identity theft. By the time mm-hmm. they leave, out of my class, they're certified in financial literacy for the state of Rhode Island That's for the amazing. General Treasurer's Scholars Program. But um, it's a light bulb. 
And a lot of mm-hmm. them, they love stocks. They love investing. It's, um, you know, it, it's almost like it's legal gambling for them, right? right. But they love investing. <laughs> and, um, and a lot of, um, it's the most popular course. The state of Rhode Island is working towards making it a required course now for graduation. But it's absolutely needed. And they do get it when they leave. A lot of them, the parents will actually um, ask them for help in investing. They give them $1,000 and they invest together. Oh my which God, is very encouraging. Great. Well, when you say investing, though, is it in stocks? Is it uh, the mutual funds? Are they investing in? What was the, the thing that was really the rage not too long ago? That, was it Bitcoin or what was that? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Digi- yeah. 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 D- digital money. No. Um, um, for me, it's too volatile, meaning it's uh-huh. too up and down. And I don't, there's really, I'm not aware of any, it's not universally accepted and uh-huh. probably not in my lifetime. I might be wrong, but it's too volatile for me. I would, I wouldn't recommend it. And it's very high price right now. And it, 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 the price of that, the market value of that drops significantly up and down. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I say investing, they invest in stock. And mutual oh, funds, okay. but mostly stock. So you want to have a good mixture as part of your portfolio. You want, um, I like income stock, which means it, it's a, it, these are companies that generate the higher than average income in terms mm-hmm. of dividends. So okay. no matter how low the, no, no matter what the market value of the stock is, you're still going to get that $6 a share and mm-hmm. you have enough of that, that will, and you reinvest that, you're going to have a pretty good pot of money going into retirement. So they love stock. So, so when they invest in stock, are they actually investing in the stock, or is it just well, a, you know like sort of a classroom stock? Okay, so if you've got to be eighteen years or older, and um, you would have to go to a broker, or you can go to on- online brokerage uh, mm-hmm. like E Trade or something like. But you have to be eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my class, we play what's called the stock market game, which simulates the actual oh, market. Okay. Okay. So they in teams get a hundred thousand dollars each in 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 various. They have like teams of three uh, kids per team, and uh, they get a hundred thousand dollars each. It's not real money, and I tell the parents that, and they laugh. But they uh, but it's not real money. But then uh, they compete against everybody, other, all the other high schools in the state, and those with the highest equity, uh, first, second, or third, gets a trophy that's presented at the Rhode Island State House. It's pretty that's exciting. Amazing. Now, can you talk just a little bit, because I I love this, when you take these students to, is it competitions around the country? Um, Oh, yeah. Well, that's something different. That's DECA. Um, Okay. And and they do compete in, I do have students that compete in the financial competitions. So they compete at the state level. I have 69 students in my club. It's really a chapter. DECA is, um, it's an international organization of young entrepreneurs and students that want to become business professionals. So um, they compete in, in, in about 13 different types of industries. I forget how many, but I have a lot of students that compete in finance. We do pretty well there. So um, if they place first or second in the state, they're invited then to the international competitions. Last time it was Orlando. In two years, Chris, it's in Anaheim. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I took them in Anaheim already. But if they win, they get scholarships. Now, we compete against uh, Brazil, Japan, Canada always wins because they treat it as part of their curriculum. But it's exciting for the students just to get there is is, is enough of accomplishments. I love it. I love it. Rich, I've got to have you back on. There's so many other questions I want to ask, but, you know, we're running out of time. I want to thank you so much. And uh, I hope anybody who is listening to this podcast really, you know, pays attention to it because 
you've got so much information. As I'm telling you, we could go on and on and on with so many different shows, and we will. Rich, thank you so much for being on cue. Thank you for having me, Chris. The topics discussed in this broadcast are offered as general guidance only and should not be considered a substitute for advice and guidance provided by a licensed broker or qualified financial planner. Always seek advice of your broker or qualified financial planner with questions you may have or advice you may be seeking regarding your savings, money management needs, and investment strategies. Thanks for listening to OnQ. I invite you to visit our Facebook page, OnQ Chris Costello, for more information and for upcoming guests. Remember, each of us has a voice and a story. So until next time, share a smile, laugh often, Be kind to each other and let's help make this an even better world.